Chapter Five of Prisoner of the Mill. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Florence Short. Prisoner of the Mill by Harry Hazelton. Chapter Five: The Court Martial and the Hostage. The division which had been encamped on Grand Prairie reached Springfield in safety and formed their temporary camp in the field back of the brick schoolhouse, which stands about a quarter of a mile to the west of the new courthouse. The first order issued to the officers of the battalion of Benton Cadets, the 35th and 37th Illinois, was to assemble at a given time to act upon a court-martial at the quarters of major d judge advocate to try the case of lieutenant edward wells charged with the willful murder of harry haywood a captain in the service of the united states of america and attached to the army of the mississippi now under command of major general hunter it was a sad day Lieutenant Wells was a favorite with both officers and men of his command. He always had been mild as a female, kind and benevolent, sacrificing his own comfort for the good of the privates in his battalion. True, some said that Wells would not fight bravely, that he ought to have been created a woman, but everybody gave him credit for being the kindest of the kind. When first accused, there arose a very bitter feeling against him captain hayward also was a great favorite with the men he was a stern but kind soldier when the news of his brutal murder came to the knowledge of his boys their first cry was revenge and they naturally sought someone on whom to wreak their vengeance at first lieutenant wells narrowly escaped a summary fate more especially as it was whispered about camp that wells had become a suitor for the hand of the fair mamie hayward had been rejected by her and spurned by the captain but in a short time it was given out that mamie had confessed her affection for wells and that captain hayward had remarked in the presence of others that he deemed wells an honorable man and would gladly favor his suit this turned the tide of feeling in favor of the lieutenant and when the court-martial was convened nothing but a conscientiousness of a soldier's duty prevented an open revolt or at least a most decided and forcible expression of feeling but trusting to the judgment of the officers forming the court the soldiers decided to await the result have our readers ever witnessed a trial by court-martial it is not like the ordinary court of justice first the charge is read as thus lieutenant edward wells of company h battalion of b blank c blank is charged with the willful murder of harry hayward a captain in the u s army second specification first in this that said lieutenant edward wells did on the night of the seventh day of november eighteen sixty one assassinate and murder said etc following this in any case of the kind would be found a list of specifications setting forth in detail all the chief events connected with the crime 
the prisoner was brought to the tent of major d to answer to the charge he was very pale yet perfectly composed and when the question was asked the ready and firm response was not guilty the judge advocate a noble-hearted but just man informed the prisoner that he was to act not only as prosecuting counsel but as counsel for the prisoner and that he the judge advocate must give the prisoner the benefit of any doubt that might arise in his favor to those of our readers not familiar with the modus operandi of a court-martial we would give the following information for their benefit the doors of the court are closed to all outsiders the prisoner makes his plea and retires the witnesses are brought forward and examined but no cross-examination is allowed if a question is to be asked by any of the officers sitting upon the court it must be reduced to writing and silently handed to the judge advocate if he sees fit to put the question it is done if not it is thrown aside we will now proceed to a brief summary of the trial lieutenant edward wells you are charged with the willful murder of harry hayward a captain in the united states service what is your plea guilty or not guilty not guilty was the decided response let the first witness be called george swasey colored the person familiarly known as swasey's nigger took the stand when brought forward he glanced around as if fearful of something and then asked is massa william nettleson where he can hear dis child tell de truth you have nothing to fear from any person if you do speak the truth and all the truth replied major d well den de fact em dis i went to see my gal when i come back i met de rebs i hid behind a log i'd seed someone stick a knife in massa cabin and i heard him say oh nettleton you kill me all questions were answered in this same spirit and it became evident that the negro believed nettleton the real murderer the next witness brought upon the stand was alabama hinton she swore that nettleton's tent was next to the one she occupied that he was in attendance upon her and miss hayward by permission of captain hayward and that nettleton had not been out of her presence that night in the first part of the evening nettleton had remained near her door in the latter part he had missed his captain and had prostrated himself on a rug near the tent entrance she had seen him there all night as she had not slept at all miss hayward was too much overcome to appear as a witness and was excused the next witness was captain hugh walker the feeling of the soldiers to learn the result of the trial was intense and by the time captain walker was called to the stand some twenty or thirty had crept to the edge of the tent and endeavored to conceal themselves in the tall grass outside to catch the proceedings but they were discovered by walker who demanded that they should be removed this was done and a guard placed outside captain walker's oath was as follows on the night of the seventh of november 
i followed captain hayward from his tent it was at the time gradually becoming dark my motive in doing so i will explain as soon as it began to be rumored that we were to meet price i observed a change in the conduct of captain hayward he had ever been the centre of attraction his tent was the headquarters of our circle drawn thither by the natural gaiety of the captain and the presence there of ladies but this feeling appeared to forsake him and on more than one occasion he denounced the war as inhuman pardon me i would not speak against the dead but i doubted the loyalty of the man and not his courage and this it was which induced me to follow him i halted beneath a large tree which stood near the spot where the murder evidently was committed i saw the captain seat himself upon the bank at this time it was quite dark but i saw a shadow approaching it passed near me but i failed to discover who it was i first thought it might be william nettleton following his master i listened attentively however as the extreme caution of the intruder attracted my attention in an instant i heard a groan a heavy fall and a voice exclaimed oh william where are you nettleton i am murdered wells is the assassin a shudder ran through the court major d dropped his head upon his hand and was silent the officers whispered together at last a written question was handed to the judge advocate which was promptly asked captain walker why did you not give the alarm or arrest the murderer yourself sir was the prompt reply the sequel will show it was dark i could not distinguish the features of any person two yards distant i feared he might escape if he should discover me i therefore followed the murderer cautiously and he entered the tent of lieutenant wells he did not strike a light but i listened and heard him washing himself i kept close watch upon him until morning to make sure i wasn't accusing an innocent man no one entered or left the tent the one who washed his hands and left the bloody water was lieutenant edward wells this evidence was conclusive but no reason could be assigned for the murder unless it was that miss hayward had been heard to say that she never should marry and leave her brother so long as he lived and it had now become well known that wells was a suitor for her hand still he was a favorite with the captain and even on the day of his death hayward had been heard to say that he believed wells a man of honor whose suit he would favor the only conclusion which could be arrived at was that wells believed the love of a sister was too strong to give immediate place to the love of a wife and he felt that the brother once removed he alone would become the object of miss hayward's affection this though but a flimsy pretext for so awful a crime was all that any one could offer in the way of a surmise the trial was over but one decision could be given it soon was rumored about camp that sentence had been passed 
and that at four o'clock the next day it would be read to the prisoner in presence of the whole division the night was wearing on a form closely enveloped approached the tent of the commanding general it proved to be the lady alibamo what is the will of our daughter of the army asked the general kindly it is that i may visit lieutenant wells and bring him to my tent i desire that an interview should take place between miss hayward and the doomed man the general seated himself at his table and penned a few words which he handed to mrs hinton she glanced at the contents and then falling at the feet of that officer she seized his hand and kissing it sobbingly exclaimed what without his chains god bless you god bless there there go go don't make me weep or i won't forgive you returned the veteran warrior as he turned away alibamo left his tent and in a few minutes entered her own in company with lieutenant wells now free from all apparent restraint when wells entered the tent miss hayward was kneeling by the side of her camp cot her face buried in the folds of its coverings for several moments not a word was spoken and as wells gazed upon the stricken sister he trembled violently while a groan of intense anguish escaped him alibamo advanced and gently touching her companion said mamie my darling here is our friend lieutenant wells miss hayward did not raise her head but reached forth her hand towards wells which quickly kneeling by her side he took and pressed to his lips oh heaven bless you he moaned you do not believe me capable of the dreadful crime with which i am charged miss hayward tried to speak but convulsive sobs choked her utterance no my ever kind and dear friend replied alibamo she does not believe you guilty nor am i satisfied that captain hayward has been killed i am under the impression that he was wounded and taken prisoner by some rebels who were lurking near our camp you hope for the best and so do i but have you any grounds for the formation of such an opinion asked wells yes and to me the best of evidence william nettleton went in search of the captain if he was killed william would have found his body before this and returned to us with the intelligence his continued absence convinces me that the captain is still alive and that his faithful friend nettleton is at this moment following him it is this hope which gives me fresh courage and i believe a few days will see you free and your name as untarnished as it should be i wish to tell you this and i also wished miss hayward to express to you personally her confidence in your innocence hence i brought you here you may leave us now as my poor friend is too much agitated to converse wells was about to depart in silence but miss hayward for the first time raised her face and her tearful eyes met his own he sprung forward and kneeling before her pressed his lips to her white forehead and said that look is worth to me years of happiness but you can read my heart now when i am proved innocent then i will speak the words 
which must not till then pass my lips god bless you he arose to depart but was met by captain walker who had just entered the tent walker cast a rapid glance around him and placing his finger upon his lips enjoined silence upon all well stood with arms folded sternly and suspiciously gazing upon him while alibamo asked what are your wishes sir to serve you and your friend was the reply spoken in a low voice and with apparent hesitation it must be an important service which could render pardonable the fact sir of you having unannounced and so rudely intruded upon our privacy said mrs hinton it is an important service no less than the rescue of will you be seated the parties seated themselves in silence when walker continued you must pardon me if i speak plainly and directly to the point it is necessary that i should be brief proceed sir miss hayward continued walker turning toward the lady i must give a few words of explanation to you i did love do love you now you need not shrink from me you will upon hearing my words understand me better no man loves without hope until there arises between him and the one beloved some impassable barrier the barrier which arose to blast my hopes was your previous love and the unfortunate circumstance which has made me an unwilling witness against one to whom as i think your heart still clings you will please be brief and comment and come as quickly as possible to the point in question replied mrs hinton as she observed the agitation of miss hayward i come to the point now i know miss hayward is very unhappy and i would not add to it i would save her lover to whom do you refer asked wells coldly to you sir was the prompt reply i cannot claim the title you honour me with in connection with that lady besides she might not thank you for such a service oh yes yes eagerly replied miss hayward as she gazed upon the speaker stay one moment miss hayward answered wells let us first learn in what manner my deliverance can be effected captain walker you can proceed you speak very coldly lieutenant wells to one who comes to offer you service but before i proceed i must exact a promise that if my proposition is not accepted those to whom my words are addressed will make no exposure of the same there was a nod of assent and walker proceeded i will not deny the fact that solicitude for miss hayward impels the act but of this no more lieutenant wells you are unbound and unwatched place your sash across your breast as worn by the officer of the day i will give you the countersign and thus you will be enabled to pass the pickets and make good your escape you can secure a safe retreat and after the excitement of the mur of this unfortunate affair has died away miss hayward can be apprised of your place of concealment and take such action in the case as her judgment or heart may dictate a death-like silence reigned for a moment during which rapid glances were exchanged between the friends at length 
wells asked captain walker would not an escape imply upon my part an acknowledgment of the crime of which i am accused it might in the estimation of many but you are generally believed guilty what matter it what your actions imply to them your friends here who have already made up their minds will merely look upon it as a desire upon your part to escape a certain and unmerited and a dishonorable death and you will assist my flight i will and will you afterward convey miss hayward to me if she will come with pleasure you but anticipate my intended services another rapid and significant glance passed between mrs hinton and wells which was not observed by walker one thing more walker do you believe me guilty of murder hmm i did and now i may have been mistaken but be that as it may i will assist your flight are you ready asked wells rising i wish you to return to your cell and when all is ready say two or three o'clock i will come for you but i will not go was the firm reply walker perceived his mistake and quickly added as you please sir and turning he was about to leave the tent when he was confronted by the officer of the day captain walker he said sternly you feel an especial interest in lieutenant wells i did not suppose so but learn the fact from your conversation i am glad you do feel so great a friendship for him you shall have the opportunity to make it manifest you shall become his pythias what do you mean sir this that the sentence of lieutenant wells will be read to-morrow afternoon at four o'clock in the meantime you as his dear friend do not wish to see him confined and will most cheerfully take his place in the prison and wear his chains if the lieutenant is present to-morrow at four you as his hostage will be released if he should escape as you have advised of course you will be held as an aider and a better in that escape and when you receive that punishment your guilt deserves you will have the consolation of knowing that you suffer for the benefit of your very dear friend soldiers commanded the officer place the irons upon captain walker and convey him to the guard-room in the old log building are you mad you dare not do it yelled walker as he foamed with rage but the soldiers promptly obeyed the command and walker was taken from the tent this indignity shall be avenged but he was carried quickly forward and the guard-room door soon closed upon him you will be at liberty upon your parole of honor until to-morrow at four o'clock lieutenant wells the officers shook hands and separated End of chapter five